ethnic vote. Hi. Hello from Sydney. Hi. Oh, God, you had to rub your vacation in my face. <laughs> I think this is the, the only reason I would interrupt my vacation. Well, it's not interrupting it. This is the only reason I would actually get on the phone and talk about uh, such an important issue is because of what's been happening in the past three days. Yeah. So tell us, tell us, Karan, what's been happening? I have to say, first of all, I thought that this election was really boring up until about uh, two days ago when all hell broke loose. Is it is it me? I just feel that there's no real like discussion that's happening. And yes, there's all these important issues that I want talked about. But to your point, it did seem a bit lackluster. Bit dull. Lack bit dull. Yeah, a bit dull. And obviously then, um, I think three days ago, was it? Or two days ago? That um, apparently there was uh, these uh, photos from uh, a yearbook from 2001 when our current Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was a teacher in a private school in Vancouver. And somebody found this um, photo in a yearbook where um, at the year-end party, Arabian Nights-themed party, our... uh, (laughs) <laughs> diversity prime minister and I'm sorry I'm like laughing it's just like it's so funny but it's not really funny but um, one of his um, pictures that was taken showed him dressed in brown face so he was uh, uh, dressed up as Aladdin apparently <laughs> and uh, he had a lot of makeup on where both his face and his hands were um, he had makeup on that was brown face or black face, yeah, brown face. It was, they were darkened so um, Obviously, he immediately came out and apologized for what uh, was, uh, he said, a lapse in judgment. He should not have done it, et cetera, et cetera. It was a quick apology on the plane. He was, I think, in Halifax, about to leave for Winnipeg. And then um, that obviously was not the the end of it, because uh, the day after, more images and more videos emerged uh, where he went, when he was actually questioned uh, during that uh, apology on the plane, that had he, did you remember other instances that he'd done something similar? He said, one more instance he remembered when he was in high school, and um, and that was it. But obviously, the day after, a video came out where he was uh, dressed as blackface mm. uh, again. Sometime I think when he was uh, it's in not, the nineteen. It's not clear if you can pin down that that was the thing he was talking about or not. Where he said yes. that that's so the, the other time they did. And yesterday, obviously, there was this whole uh, media operation that was put into motion where he came out in front of the media and went into this long apology of um, how he understood that this was wrong, what he did, etc. Mm. And now it's all available online. People can watch his apology if they're interested. So yeah. that's not the point of our discussion today. But yeah. that's just to give context in terms of what's happened. And suddenly there's a discussion about, about um, uh, is, is Justin Trudeau racist? Is what he did um, forgivable, I guess? And what what impact will it have on the election campaign? Obviously, we're in the, the heat of the election campaign. Another... Four weeks away, 21st of October is voting day. So what impact all of this will have on the election campaign? So that's where we're at. Yeah. So we're, Karen is taking a break from his, um, his fabulous vacation to talk about this. <laughs> Can you hear the jealousy in my voice? I'm like, no, but I'm going to talk about the, the, the colonial nature of um, modern day Australia when I come back to Montreal. Okay, oh, we can... so it's been a fabulous, but it's been very interesting. So well, we'll can... save that for the next time around yeah, then. Yeah. But it's been, uh, it's been a learning process for me. So Jagmeet Singh came out recently, and oh, by the way, I, I don't know if you've been following, but I I think that um, very very slightly this scandal has affected the poll numbers. So 
just very, very slightly, um, maybe like a few percentage here and there of them being projected to have a majority, uh, the liberals being projected to have a majority government. So to answer your question, whether this is forgivable, I mean, it, it's still early in the election, right? It's still fairly early. People yeah. might forget. Um, it's not a good look because he, you know, Justin Trudeau talks about how um, Canada is very multicultural. Diversity is our strength. Um, and, you know, that's what makes us that's what makes us Canadian. But you know what else makes us Canadian is this complete blindness and like dissonance with what's actually racist and yes. um, and then also believing that we're multicultural and diverse at the same time. You can have both of those things exist at the same time. I think that the problem is that the conversation around race has become so um, polarized that automatically when you say something is racist, people take it automatically as, oh, I am racist. I am. A, you're calling me racist. You're calling me a bad person. And that's not yeah. necessarily true because actually... Um, structural racism is a thing. It's the thing that this country was founded on. Don't forget that this country is a, is a colonized country. It was created by dispossessing people, indigenous peoples of their land and bringing slaves from Africa forcibly to till the land. So and Asia and Asia to till the land. So let's not pretend that Canada has always been above racism. And, and I think what, is, what to me is so fascinating in this whole discussion about apologies, etc., we've spent, and it's not to really toot our own horns, because this is what we do, this is our work, and we, we are community people. We've, we've been working in our communities for years. And the past two minutes that you and I have just been talking about this on this, um, on this podcast, we've kind of touched on issues that should be touched on. Like nobody's actually um, related or made links between why blackface or brownface is problematic to the history of Canada, the history of founding of this nation, which is a, a colonial country, right? Yeah, and we're, we're yes, only just you, starting to have those conversations, maybe now, maybe as a result of this. And I'm hoping that we'll have uh, more of those conversations. That's the point of uh, why I wanted to talk to you today, suddenly breaking from my vacations, because I think my uh, role here is and I don't want to uh, point fingers at whether Justin Trudeau is racist or not. That to me is irrelevant. I don't want to be the one sitting in judgment of either him or Andrew Scheer or whether uh, qualifying whether J Jagmeet Singh's approach was good or not. I appreciate what Jagmeet Singh was, has been doing in the yeah. past two days. Yeah. And the thing that is coming out of the NDP, I do appreciate it. But that's not the point of this discussion. What I want to focus on is uh, a why we don't have uh, discussions surrounding institutionalized racism in this country. And what can we do actually moving forward to have those discussions? And what are we aiming to to get out of those, right? That's my goal. That's the point uh, of why I wanted to talk to you. And I have a, a bunch of points that I've listed where I really want to uh, focus this discussion on. But um, what do you want to talk about, Chasma, uh, I mean, surrounding what this is happening? Because there's a lot of noise right now, right, in terms of the apology, good or bad, uh, whether it's going to impact the election. It's kind of obviously seen in the, the prism of the election campaign and not really outside of it. So what, what do you want to talk about? Um, for me, I think I'm just going to continue to talk about the thread that I've been on, which is that I don't trust politicians and I'm so apathetic now. Um, it's actually really sad. It's it's almost as though now we're still like, so Andrew Scheer came out and was like, 
Justin Trudeau is not fit to lead this country. He should resign, which, excuse me, pot, high, kettle, I'm black. Like, what are you talking about? You are just as bad, if not worse. Um, I don't know if Elizabeth May has actually said anything. Um, Maxime Bernier. Sure, fine, whatever. I don't, I don't know what your platform on racism is, but okay, fine. Um, that's one of the discussion points I want to focus on. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Maxime Bernier has called uh, Trudeau the biggest hypocrite in the country, which honestly is kind of, okay, in the country, I don't know, because Maxime Bernier, please stop talking. Yeah, um, it's like, should Maxime Bernier and Elizabeth May be calling Trudeau out? I don't know, but he, yeah. he has had shades of hypocrisy in terms of, of what he says. Of course he's about. hypocritical. He's Everyone knows, but this so, is what I'm talking about. This is the face of, of like polite racism in Canada. This is him. This is what people of color know this. Most people of color know this. Most like indigenous people know this. Black people know this. We know um, polite racism because we've lived with it in our entire lives. This is the face of it, right? It's to kind of tout diversity, tout multiculturalism. And, and then like put black face on or brown face on and then pretend like, you didn't know that it was bad and maybe you didn't know that it was bad, but how could you not have known it was bad because minstrelsy existed there? Come on. Like we know this is bad, you know? Yeah. And I think, I don't know why there's even a discussion about whether somebody's racist or not, because what I wanted to see happen as a next step from even somebody like Jagmeet Singh, and I've looked very cursorily. I'm not saying I have an in-depth um, understanding about the NDP platform this time. Like you said, I've, I haven't been as engaged as I should be because things have been a little dull. But I haven't seen a single party leader from Elizabeth May to share to anyone outside of calling this for what it is, is that what will they do? Have they introduced anything in their own party platforms that if they were to come into government tomorrow, what would they do to fight institutionalized racism? What would they do to um, actually... Um, support uh, communities of color? Like, what concrete steps would they take to actually address this issue? And that, to me, would be uh, just a logical conversation to be had. Because outside of that, everything else remains noise. Because we haven't, nobody's taking responsibility to say, this is what I will do if I were to, were to become prime minister. Yeah. This is how I will try to correct. You cannot correct things overnight. It will take years and years to even start addressing the issues uh, surrounding institutionalized racism, the genocide that has happened in Canada. Two months ago, we came out with a report um, about missing and murdered women, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that report's been forgotten. Yeah. Obviously, racism is inbuilt in what happened to all these girls who got lost, right? Yeah. Who were murdered and who went missing. But and that, and no, there was no follow-up. The fact that there was no follow-up care. No follow-up, there are no links that are being made. And I think that is what I wanted to see. And I... Yes, I understand that in election campaign, nobody has the, the time or the airtime, perhaps, to talk about these expansive issues because these are complex, expansive issues. They're not easy. Mm. But I'd rather you talk about this than talk about um, how uh, racist Justin Trudeau is. Because and I don't really care. We can spend all of this time talking about the economy and jobs and interest rates and all that stuff. Like, that's complex, too. We can have a conversation about this. We, it's just about political will. To have the conversations Absolutely. about this, right? And I, I have to commend Jagmeet Singh for, for the way he's handling this whole situation, I have to say. I mean, I would like to see a little bit more kind of overt anti-racism platform, like policy platforms from him. However, I think he's handling himself with um, 
such grace actually through this election. I have to say, like I was I a little skeptical of him. I, I was I, I was a little skeptical of him to begin with. Um, I thought maybe he didn't come out um, as the strongest candidate, uh, and then he and then there was that McLean's election uh, debate, um, and he yeah. came off very very well in that debate. Although maybe that was just because we have low expectations. Very well prepared. Yeah. yeah. Very well prepared. <laughs> um, and now through this controversy uh, that uh, Justin Trudeau is having, he's being very gracious. He's you know he's focusing on the thing that people of color focus on, which is like, what a, what does this mean for me in this country? Every yeah. single day, we, we have to, um, we have to deal with all of these underlying kind of uh, jabs to our identity. And I don't think that I don't think that people who don't have to experience that actually understand what that does to us. It's every day. It's mm-hmm. microaggressions. It's overt. Sometimes it's systemic. It's like not getting a bank loan, not getting, um, not getting, I don't know, educated, not getting that job, not getting that promotion. Not getting that interview call because your name is not. Yeah. And uh, this is all backed by studies, right? So uh, we're not just like, this is not anecdotal. We're like, we're not making this up. Right. And, um, and then you have your, your leader who goes around touting diversity and multiculturalism and saying how we're better than America and da, 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 da. And then, and then you see these photos of him in, in, in brown face and, or is it black face and brown face or just brown face? I don't yeah, know. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter. It's two different. It doesn't matter with two different instances. But like it completely undermines your sense of belonging in this country when you see that. Um, and, and what Jagmeet Singh has done is talk directly to those people. And I think it's very, I, I think it's maybe, you know, strategic and intelligent from a political standpoint, but I also think he's being sincere. Yeah, but it's not the first time he's talked about this. Says, um, in general, right? Yeah. Even if it's strategic and, but it, and I, I don't think it was, I haven't felt that it was insincere at all. Yeah. And I think even the first time when it broke, the news broke to him, I think he was at a town hall and I saw somebody comment about it and I, I agreed with them where they said that he didn't take a very kind um, oh, of course, Justin Drew's a racist, that's why this came out. Like he, he was very, he demonstrated a lot of leadership in the way he took that um, question from mm-hmm. the, the journalist. Somebody said that this is just breaking news and this is what's come out. He's like, well, from what you're telling me, I find it very, very disturbing and extremely disrespectful. So I think he was very measured in his response even the first time around. So that's what I, to what you're saying, I think I was, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised and appreciate the way he's handled this. I want him to go further and I want the NDP to actually talk about, uh, introducing their platform, um, actual concrete measures they would take. If they, I know they won't form government, we don't know what will happen, but in all probability they won't. Yeah. But I think... With, even in the opposition benches, how will they uh, take the government to task and ensure that we have these larger discussions surrounding institutionalized racism? The other thing I wanted to just quickly mention is that when we do have these discussions and when a prime minister comes before all these journalists and we, you have a media opportunity to apologize, uh, and this is something that you mentioned uh, previously was um, in our conversation was that why aren't they being asked the right questions? Who, who is asking these questions to them? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet he's mentioned privilege. I think somebody said nine times yesterday in his apology. But I want to know: Does he understand what privilege means? Does he understand really what intersectionality about race and discrimination and what does it really mean? And to what you were saying about um, uh, how it impacts our lives on an everyday basis, does he understand that it's a lived experience and that's why somebody who is 
heteronormative white male coming from a, a wealthy background may not be able to engage with these issues in the same manner. And I think that that's, that's the probing that I want to see more. Yeah. Um, I feel that that responsibility is especially with the media yeah. in terms of what questions they're asking and how they're approaching this and how they're analyzing it. And that's something I haven't seen uh, as much. Yeah. Well, this um, is the thing, right? I mean, I think if we're just going to talk about how um, Justin Trudeau is is now being a kind of exposed for being a hypocrite and actually being racist. So my point is that I think that if that if this conversation only becomes about that, then I think we're missing a big part of this this discussion, right? I think we need to be that this we need to have an actual meaningful discussion about race in this country and how multiculturalism uh, masks actual structural um, racism in this country and institutionalized racism in this country, right? We, we love to pretend that we're multicultural and diverse and look, we're so great. We're not America. We're not, we don't have Trump, but we're not that much better, you know? And anyway, um, do you really want Trump in America to be your benchmark? Exactly. 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 We cannot uh, live on platitudes of, oh, we're awesome and amazing without any critical engagement of what really happens on the ground. And I think to that point, I always find it very problematic that when we do whatever discussion surrounding racism, we kind of put all these people in all people of color, communities of color, indigenous peoples in this one little basket. And they're the, the other who are being impacted by racism, assuming that racism impacts people in the same way. Yeah. Because I think it is so important to recognize that the history of, I'm going to talk about specifically Canada, of this nation, the way it was founded, and the suffering and impact that racism has had or colonization has had on indigenous people is extremely different from other communities of color. And I'm not trying to um, tr- trying to draw any sort of like who suffered more or less because suffering is not quantifiable like that. But I think it's so important that when we have these discussions, we don't homogenize uh, communities of color as this one whole yeah. and then approach their issues surrounding racism in the same vein. And that's so problematic. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the other thing... A deeper discussion. Yeah. And I think the other thing that we need to really start doing and getting away from is just automatically when we say something is racist, thinking that we're automatically categorizing the person who committed that act as bad. Yes, absolutely. Because what that does is it completely prevents us from having a conversation. Yeah, and I think to what you're saying is I think there is merit to calling out, like we've criticized call-out culture in our previous discussions, etc. And I think there are merits in terms of calling people out for their bad behavior. And I think it is important to do so. But to what you're saying, I think it is the manner in which you do it, right? Yeah. It is the manner in which you're trying to invite people, invite someone who has uh, either done something that's racist or their action has been racist or have said something that has uh, racial um, undertones. How do we engage with that? And can we actually invite that person into a discussion to avoid? Because demonization is so easy. Yeah. You can quickly demonize people and be like, oh, you're all white, so you're racist and this is bad and that's... Uh, because nobody can sit in moral judgment of other people. Mm-hmm. And unless you're having those substantive discussions mm-hmm. about how somebody's behavior is problematic and have a sit down or have whatever means you have at your disposal mm-hmm. to actually take these conversations forward. Otherwise, I think we'll always st- be stuck in this little bubble where we see something bad happen, we call it out, and then we move on to the next yeah. Uh, incident. Yeah. Right? 
Well, and, and I think it also comes beyond this vicious cycle. Yeah. And I think it comes down to what is our goal? I've said this before. I'll say it again. Yeah. Um, I think it comes down to what is your end goal? Is your end goal, like in this situation, the end goal is somebody is going to spin this to win an election. Absolutely. Right? Fine. Absolutely. But what what can we do Sorry. as a society to, uh, how can we make this a teachable moment as a society? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what can we do to actually make this a deeper conversation about this, the situ the, the situation of systemic racism in this country, systemic and institutionalized mm-hmm. racism in this country. And I think, uh, these conversations are happening everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. and it's good. And I think that we need to think about what do we want to achieve as a society? I think we're kind of at this place where we have to choose certain certain things for ourselves. And this this election is is kind of like a key, um, it's very symbolic of that. So you have Maxime yeah. Bernier on the one side, you have Andrew Scheer on the other, you have Justin Trudeau on the next, um, and then Jigmeet Singh and then Elizabeth May. Um, and just think about what all of these people are actually saying and going to do right and what they represent exactly yeah because you know here's the other thing we we're situated in quebec uh i haven't you know all of these conversations around how justin trudeau's a racist and he's hypocrite he's a hypocrite and he's not fit to run i haven't seen anyone say anything any of those people say anything against quebec's um hijab ban like secularism bill Right, because they don't want to lose the votes. Yeah, that whole discussion on the back. Because you don't want to lose the votes. So honestly, the premise of this conversation is flawed to begin with, from these people that are wanting to be our leaders, right? But I do think that we need to have we have a voice as a society, in a democratic society, we have a voice, and we need to choose. I think how we make that voice heard. Right. And I hate to get into this conversation about like the best of the worst situation, but I still think that if we were to vote for someone like Andrew Scheer, someone like Maxime Bernier, uh, we are doing ourselves more harm than good as a society. We're not going to move forward as a society. So is is did what Trudeau do is is what he's done racist? Yes. Is it problematic? Absolutely. Should he have, should he continue to do that? Should he be apologetic? Yes, of course he should be apologetic. Um, Those are no business, right? Those don't even need a real discussion. Yeah. And I think, but most often in an an election, we are stuck with these, choose the the lesser of the the many evils that are uh, on offer. Exactly. All stuck with these choices. But, and to what you were saying, all federal leaders have very strategically stayed away from commenting of, commenting on what happened in Quebec and everyone's kind of, oh, it's in the courts. And and that's where I feel that people are not really interested to have a real yeah. conversation. Yeah. And they want to continue to stay with the noise. Obviously, this noise helps the conservative uh, party. They're, a lot of their members were being called out on their problematic statements surrounding um, reproductive rights for women, yeah. same-sex marriage, et cetera, right? So this yeah. was basically a counter that they ha- have for Trudeau to shut him up. Yeah. Or, oh, you're calling us out on our yeah. uh, uh, comments from 2005 and 2006, and look at what you've done. But it's right? not just that, right? Like, Sheer is happy to accept a like a like a like a random half genuine apology from anyone in his party who has expressed racist views in the past Absolutely. and and wash his hands of it and be done with it. Um, Maxime Bernier just basically removed someone from his party 
for calling him out for being racist and telling him to stop. So you don't have a leg to stand on. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear your opinions because frankly, uh, if Trudeau is unfit to lead, I don't know what you are. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's why for me, the discussion has to be taken away. Obviously these federal leaders have to be part of the discussion, but I think it has to be taken to the next step where people need to engage in their communities. And when we go out and vote, we strategically vote for people, whoever are members of um, parliament will be, and then take them to tasks so that we can continue to have these conversations. Otherwise, after this three, four week election campaign, this will be forgotten, as it always is, right? This will become old news. Either people have, will have moved past it because they know there's apathy, that there's nothing that they can, can really be done. Right? And if he wins the election, that means the Canadian population has forgiven him for what he did. But I think we need to step away from those kind of discussions. It's not about uh, an election win forgiving um, uh, uh, things that you've done in the past. I don't think it works like that. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't work like that. You shouldn't uh, have those kind of uh, analyses when you're talking about such problematic issues. So, um yeah, so let's see what happens in the next um, few weeks. Um, obviously, this will not just uh, blow over and go away. I think the conservatives particularly will be interested to keep the fire burning as long as it can. Yeah. My only hope is that something more uh, concrete can will come out of this. I keep saying this over and over again, and, but I think this is the one thing that's really lacking in these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, yeah. That's what I'm at. Here's hoping, and um, we'll continue to follow the story, and we'll continue to follow the election, of course, from the ethnic vote perspective. So stay tuned. Look out for our Insta videos and our social media posts, and engage with us online or via email at theethnicvotemtl at gmail.com.